Hi everyone, welcome to our service today. I'm so glad that you joined us. Our whole Pranav family, it's awesome to see you here again. It was even better to see some of you Wednesday at our online community group. Welcome to everyone watching on Seals Course and also to our first time visitors. I hope that today, as we continue our series, It's Your Move, that you will make a decision to move forward in your spiritual life. You see, we are using chess as an example. And if a chess piece doesn't move, if every piece doesn't move, the game will remain stagnant and will not progress. In order for the game to continue, in order for the game at the end of the day to finish, the pieces need to make a move forward. Same in our spiritual life. If we do not make a move forward, we will remain stagnant and we will not grow. And we want to make it simple at Prodeo Church. We've got a vision that says this. We want to connect people to life-changing relationships. We believe that lives change best within relationships. And we believe there's three kinds of relationships you need to have in your life in order to grow. One is a personal relationship with Jesus upwards. One is the center community that's inwards with your church. And one is a relationship with the world in need outwards. Quick recap, what, how do you grow in your relationship with Jesus? That is what we're doing in the series. We're getting practical. One, corporately, we have to gather together on a Sunday to worship Him. That way we grow closer to Him. Two, personally, you have to make a decision to spend time with Him. In prayer and by reading your Bible, you speaking to Him, Him speaking to you. That's how we grow closer to Jesus. How do we grow closer to our church community inwards? Corporately, we gather together on Wednesdays. If you haven't done that yet, send us an email. We will connect you to our online community groups. But personally, you have to make a decision to invest generously into your church community with your time, your talents, and your treasure. And today we are getting to our out part of our vision. How do we connect with a world in need? How do we build relationships that will change the world? And we're also going to be talking about two habits, one that we do together corporately and one personally. Now, I want to just get honest for a little while. Okay? And this is not to depress you. But when we look at South Africa, we all know there's very significant need. There's sickness all around us. If we even not think about COVID-19 for a while, there's HIV, there's malaria, there's cancer, um, TB, there's so many issues around us when it just comes to sickness. Poverty. The last proper report I could get was from 2015 um, by Stat South Africa, and they said that approximately half, 49.2% of the adult population we're living below the upper bound poverty level in South Africa. So it's three levels, upper bound, and then poverty, and then lower bound. So more than, about half of our population is living in poverty. That's a significant issue. Orphans, 2018 in a general household survey, they estimated that 11.7% of all children below the age of 18 in South Africa are orphans. I'm like, isn't that just crazy? We've got drug problems. Our jails are, are overrunning. They even let some people go during COVID to stop the spread of, of COVID. Um, the divorce rate is climbing. We are facing significant issues. So many people have been victims to crime. And when we look at those stats, it's easy to get depressed and to feel like nothing is going to change. I cannot make a difference in this. But I do believe that things can change and I do believe that we can make a difference and that's what we'll be talking about today so our topic today is make the move to address the need around you i'm going to say it again make the move 
to address the need around you. That's our topic today. Together as a community, we want to move forward by addressing the needs around us. And we're going to be reading a story from the Bible where this happened. The disciples faced an immediate need around them. And it was super big. There's no way they could change it on their own. It seemed like nothing will change when it came to this problem. But somehow it did change. So if you've got your Bibles with you, please open to Matthew 14, verse 13 to 21. Matthew 14, verse 13 to 21. Let me give you a bit of background. Jesus' mother on earth was Mary. She had a family relative, Elizabeth. And just before Jesus was born, a couple of months before that, John the Baptist was born. So John and Jesus was related as family members. And then King Herod killed, beheaded John the Baptist. Jesus got the news that, that his family member John was just killed in a super brutal way. And Jesus decided that he needs to take a bit of time to rest, to reflect, to just spend time with his father as Jesus always did. And that is where we're going to start reading just after Jesus got the news in verse 12. In Matthew 14 verse 13, this is what happens. As soon as Jesus heard the news that John was killed, was murdered, he left in a boat to a remote area to be alone. But the crowds heard where he was headed and followed on foot from many towns. Jesus saw the huge crowd as he stepped from the boat and he had compassion on them and healed their sick. That evening, the disciples came to him and said, Jesus, this is a remote place and it's already getting late. Send the crowds away so they can go to the villages and buy food for themselves. But Jesus said, that is unnecessary. You feed them. But we have only five loaves of bread and two fish, they answered. So they're like, Jesus, except for all the crises that were already there, all the need that you already took care of, the, the, the healing sick people and all of that, we are now facing a significant issue. There's thousands of people. They do not have food. They are going to face a serious problem if we do not do something about it. And we can't because we've got five loaves and two fish to feed thousands of people. And just like, no, you go and feed them. They're like, we can't. It's impossible. The situation is impossible. And then this is what Jesus said. Bring the five loaves and the two fish. Bring them here, he said. Then he told the people to sit down on the grass. Jesus took the five loaves and the two fish looked up towards heaven and blessed them. Then, breaking the lives into pieces, he gave the bread to the disciples who distributed it to the people. They all ate as much as they wanted, and afterwards, the disciples picked up 12 baskets of leftovers. About 5,000 men were fed that day, in addition to all the women and children. Because when I read this story and we're talking about impossible needs that we cannot make a difference in, this was impossible. 5,000 men plus women plus children. So we don't have an exact number, but we're talking about fifteen to 30,000 people that were present. And the disciples are going like, we've got five small loaves of bread. We've got two fish. There's 20 plus thousand people. This is a stadium full of people that are going to go hungry, that will faint on their way back home, that this, this is a problem that we cannot do anything about. But somehow everything did change. Significant need in that world where they were finding themselves in at that moment 
that significant need was changed. And I want to share with you today three lessons that I believe is super significant when that we can learn from this story when it comes to our move to address the need in our communities. The first and one of the most significant things I learned from this story is that Jesus had compassion with the need in our world. Jesus had compassion for the need in our world. Jesus could have ignored the need and said, you know, like my, my home is not on this earth. I'm not from here. I won't be here long. I don't kind of care. I just care about spiritual need. I don't care about people. But we read in verse 14 that Jesus himself had significant need. Okay, Jesus, his own heart was breaking because his family member was just murdered. But when Jesus saw people gathering and following him, when he just wanted to spend some time alone, we read in verse 14 that he had compassion with the hurt in this world. Jesus started healing sick people, although he himself, he himself was hurting. Right after this, when the people were facing hunger, Jesus didn't say, you know, like, at least they heard the gospel. Like, it doesn't matter if they're hungry. No, no, Jesus is like, let's feed them. Let's do something. Jesus had compassion with the need in this world. And often, I think that we want to wait till all my ducks are in a row before I want to address something. You know, if I, we, people would say something like, one day when I have enough money, I will... I will give money to orphanage or I will do something. If I have enough time, I will start volunteering somewhere to address a need. We want to get our ducks in a row because we feel like if my own life is not perfect, if my own life has need in it, then I'm not at a place where I can address need in the world. But that's not true. We can address need in the world. Although there is some needs in our own life as well, that's exactly what Jesus did. Jesus was hurting, his heart was broken, still he had compassion and therefore he took care of the need around them. There is never a better time to start doing something when we see a need in this world, like Jesus saw the need of the people and the disciples saw the need of them being hungry. There is never a better time when you see a need to address it than right there at that moment in time. If people in need mattered this much to Jesus, don't you think it should matter more to us as well? If, if, if Jesus went through all this craziness and still he cared about them, I think we should care about it as well. Did you know that this miracle that we read about, and you probably know this miracle is one of the, the most, the best known miracles in the Bible, but this is the only miracle in the whole in, in all of the gospels that were recorded in all four of the gospels in the book of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. So all four of those books are basically biographies about the life of Jesus. But it was written by different people. So they all wrote about the life of Jesus. Some of the stories overlap because they all saw the same thing. But a lot happened during Jesus' ministry. So they couldn't write exactly every single moment down, right? So they wrote down their account of the life of Jesus. But this is such a significant miracle. It's such a significant thing that happened that Matthew, Mark, Luke and John said we all need to put this miracle down in our biographies of the life of Jesus. It was so important that Jesus cared about these people and therefore I believe it should be important to us as well. But it's not just my opinion. Hear what, what we read about in Ephesians 2 verse 10. In Ephesians 2 verse 10, 
We read that for we are God's handiwork. We know that God created us, created in Christ Jesus for what purpose? To do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. So when I read the story and I read about a hungry people and the disciples being there at that moment, and I read Ephesians 2, it's like we are hearing that that whole scenario was created. The disciples were put in that moment for they were prepared in advance for the specific moment so that they could do something about it. You see, I believe we were created to make a difference. And sadly, it's easier for us to sometimes just ignore the problem and hope that it will go away. You know, maybe one day we will wake up 10 years from now and all the problems in South Africa will be gone. It won't happen. That's not the way the world works. Or we throw some money at it, right? That's our answer. Throw a two rand out of the car window. I feel better about myself because I did something about the problems that we see in the world. And then I feel better about myself. But that doesn't change the problem. In order to truly change the world around us, we need to invest our lives sacrificially into the problem. Jesus had to give of himself to these people sacrificially, although he was in hurt or in, in need of healing himself. I believe that we were created, as we just read, to do good. And unless we do it, we will always feel an emptiness. We will never feel completely satisfied because God created us to do this. We talked about this in our work series as well, right? God created and he took care of his creation and he handed that over to us to do work, to create, but also to take care of his creation. Part of that is to take care of those in need. I think we all should start praying a simple prayer more often. A prayer that goes like this. Jesus, break my heart for the things that breaks, for the things that break your heart. Jesus, break my heart for the things that break your heart. When we start asking that, when we ask Jesus to, to give us eyes to look at the problems of the world the way he would view them, to look at the, at the people in this world the way he would look at it, that sets us up to make a difference in the world the way Jesus would make a difference in this world. So that's the first lesson I learned, that Jesus had compassion with the need in this world and therefore we should have it too. But the second lesson I learned is that God chooses to use us to address the need around us. Just because God has compassion with people, his answer is not just for him to intervene. When Jesus saw the need, what did he do? He intervened. But then when the food issue arises in verse 16 and they come to Jesus and the disciples are like, Jesus, there's a problem. People are hungry. Jesus could have fed the people on his own. He could have sent manna from heaven, like what happened when the Israelites were in, in the desert. L literally, manna appeared out of heaven. It was a food source that we do not know exactly what it is. And it fed them for years and years. And that, that manna appeared every day so that they had food every day. So Jesus could have made it rain steaks. He could have just made food appear in front of all the people. But he chose to use people. He tells the disciples, you go and do something about this. And it is not that Jesus, that his hands were tied or that he didn't know what to do. When you read the same story in the book of John, the same account, the book of John, verse 5 to 6, we read that Jesus saw this crowd 
And then um, Philip turned to Jesus and asked, where can we buy bread for all these people? Similar to what just happened. But then we read in verse 6, uh, Jesus asks Philip, where can we buy bread to feed all these people? But then in verse 6 we read, he was testing Philip for he, that's Jesus, already knew what he was going to do. So in, in another gospel, we get a bit of a different account and we read that Jesus already knew exactly how he was going to take care of this need of the people, the hunger. But he chose to involve people in it. I'm like, why does God involve us in the need of this world? Because he created us for it. Because that is what he wants us to do. But I think there's something else that comes out of this story. And that is that when we get involved in the need of this world, especially when it's bigger than I can handle on my own, when I have to trust God, when I have to work with my church community to change something, it builds, it grows our trust in Jesus and it strengthens our faith. It builds our trust in God and it strengthens our faith. These disciples, when Jesus said, bring what you have, that took trust. That's like Jesus, but this is crazy. It cannot work. But they had to trust Jesus that he could do something about this crisis. It built, it grew their trust in him and their faith. And at the end of the story, something amazing happens. Bread and fish are left everywhere. From that five loaves and two fish, suddenly everywhere there's bread left after everyone had enough, the disciples start picking it up and putting it in baskets. And there's 12 baskets left. Why 12? Because there were 12 disciples. So each one of them had to carry a basket full of fish and full of bread after 20 plus thousand people had enough to eat from five loaves of bread and two fish. And I believe Jesus made it happen exactly that way so that when they carried away those baskets in awe and filled with faith, they could believe that God is capable of making the impossible possible. When we get involved in the need of this world and it's bigger than we can handle, but we trust God because he's got a heart for it. So we need to have a heart for it. And we trust God to use us in it. It will build your faith and it will strengthen your faith. But the third lesson I learned is that we cannot change this world on our own. We cannot do it on our own. The disciples faced this issue of thousands of people and this little bit of bread. And let's be honest, they couldn't do it on their own. In fact, in some of the other Gospels, they tell Jesus, we have to work so long for months and months to even have the money to buy food. But they are in the field, in the mountains. There are no food shops around. There's no McDonald's. There's no KFC. There's no ShopRite or Checkers. They couldn't even buy food for people, even if they did somehow, if they were able to somehow raise the money. They couldn't. They faced the problem that one of them couldn't fix on their own, that 10 of them couldn't fix on their own, that 12 of them couldn't fix on their own. They had to trust Jesus and they had to trust this church community of them, the 12 disciples, to do this together. You see, when we trust Jesus with the resources we have and the mission He called us to do, the good work that He has called us to in Christ Jesus, then He will make the impossible possible. They had to include Jesus. And that's why this, that, that he wants us to do that. He wants us to ask, to, to, to ask him to be part of this miracle. 
He wants to show His power through us, His love through us. And they had to trust Jesus first. They had to include Jesus in the problem, in the needs that they wanted to address. And two, they had to address, they had to include their community. One of them couldn't serve 12 or 20,000 people. Okay. But together we read that all of them handed out the food to the people. And today when we are talking about our first upwards movement, about addressing the need in the community, I am not telling you today that you need to go out and change the world on your own because you cannot do it. What I am asking you is to do it as a community of believers. Include Jesus in it because he's the head of his church and include the body of Christ in it. And together, I do believe that we can make a difference. All these issues that we're facing in our country, all the issues that we're facing in our communities, it's all around us. I know it's overwhelming. I know you feel like you want to run away from it. But when the church of Jesus Christ tackles these issues together and we include God in it, we can make a difference. On your own, you might not be able to change the world. But together, we can change the world. Prodeo is still a young church. We're still a small church plant, but we've already made some significant impact in our communities and we want to do even more of it. But I cannot do it on my own. You cannot do it on your own, but together we can do it. So I want to tell you today, you can see all of this need in South Africa as a curse. You can see it as something bad. You can see the brokenness, you can see the hurt, you can see the widows and the orphans and the crime and the brokenness and the hunger and the poverty. You can see all of that as something bad that you need to get away from. Or you can choose today to make a move to address the need in the community and you can make the choice today to see it as an opportunity to see the brokenness of our world as an opportunity, a chance to be the hands and the feet of Jesus in this world, to live a life on purpose, a life greater than, than just yourself. So why don't you make a decision today to make a move to meet the need of the community around you, not on your own, but with your church family. And I know it's not always easy during lockdown because we can't get together and we can't do stuff together the way we would like to. But we've been doing it before and at this moment, by your giving and your faithfulness to our COVID-19 relief fund, together, all the little bits coming together, we've been able to change lives. We've been able to feed people that would have been hungry if it weren't, if it weren't for the money that you faithfully gave to Prodeo and that we were able to distribute again. We gave away food hampers. We helped people pay their rent. We did a bunch of amazing things and on our own, none of us would have been able to do it. But together, we can change the world. So thank you, by the way, for your faithfulness. But don't stop trying to change your world because together we can do it. Let's pray. Jesus, when we look around us, there's so many things that break our heart. And I know it breaks your heart as well. And I pray today that when we look at this world, that we will look through your eyes, that, we, that the things that break your heart will break our hearts as well. I pray that we will bring our resources, that we will bring our compassion to you, and that you will just do amazing miracles with the little bit we have 
to address a significant need we're facing in our world. God, may Prodeo be known as a church that changes the world around us. Not a church that just loves for, for ourselves. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Guys, I want to leave you with this thought today. <clears throat> Years ago, I read this or I heard this somewhere, I can't remember. But someone asked, if the church, if Prodeo Church would disappear today, we don't even have a building. I always told my previous church, if our church disappeared today, what would people miss? And hopefully they won't just miss our building that was somewhere. We don't even have a building, so they can't even miss our building. But what would people miss? The community, not our church family. What would, what would Cape Town, what would South Africa miss if Prodeo Church disappeared tomorrow? And I hope it's more than just a video on the screen. I hope it's more than just a venue that we gather on a Sunday. I hope that the world will miss us if we had to go away because we are known as a generous church and as a church that makes a difference in South Africa. And as we grow, we want to do more and more of that. So that's it from my side today. I'm going to hand over now. And Shaul's going to give you a bit of info on how you can give to our church. When, and I know we can't do huge outreaches at the moment, but you can continue to give to our COVID-19 relief fund. We have given out a lot more than, whatever, that, than what came in. And you can continue to contribute to it as we continue to take care of people. So just use the reference when you give to, to the COVID-19 relief fund. Use the reference COVID-19 and we will know that is for our fund to change the world. But please be faithful to the giving to Prodeo Church as well, because we don't just change the world through our COVID fund, but there's a lot of things. And even these videos are meant to change the world. They are on the World Wide Web, they are on Facebook, they are on, on YouTube, on iTunes, everywhere. And in this way, we also bring the word of Jesus, the beautiful news of the life change that comes through Jesus to the world. So please be faithful in your giving. I'm handing over to Shaul. And last thing that I almost forgot about, next week is Communion Sunday. So please make sure that next week you've got um, wine or juice ready, you've got a bread or cracker or something ready, so that we can, as a church, take communion together and remember the beautiful sacrifice of Jesus that changed the world forever. Thank you for joining me today. I'll see you next week. Bye. Thank you for being a part of our online service today. If you enjoyed the service and feel you want to contribute to what Prodeo is doing, consider giving financially to our church. There's two ways you can do that. The first way is through our banking details and the second way is through Snapscan. Both of these steps is available on our website. You can just go to www.prodeo.org.za forward slash give or you can follow the link below in the comments. If you enjoy the video, please share it to everyone you know. We want more people to connect to life-changing relationships. That is it from us. Bye.